Coming up on Toronto today, it's your last chance to wear white this calendar year. So get that over with. We're giving away tickets to Canada, Jamaica, international friendly. More talk on Marlowe or Merlot. And which NBA player is going to have the biggest impact on his new team? All that coming up. Toronto Today, TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. On your ways, front way, back way. You know that I don't play. Streets not safe, but I never run away. Even when I'm away. Seems like a drizzy kind of weekend. No peeps go to the cottage. They play their hip. They play their blue rodeo. I'm gonna stay in the city and play Drake. How's that? Wheeler with you. Happy Labor Day weekend. The long weekend is here. The final one of the summer. I didn't abide by my own rules. I wanted to get my white jean wearing, my white denim wearing, out of the way this weekend because apparently after Monday, can't wear white. Tim Haffey, do you, do you got your white denim ready to rock and roll this weekend, pal? I, I thought I'd borrow yours if, if it's okay with you because I, I unfortunately don't have such uh, items hanging in my closet, but I'm sure you're well stocked. My wife has like pretty much banned my white jeans. <laughs> I, I rocked them for years, and she's like, "Listen, enough is enough. Cut out this nonsense." Well, if you got so any, you, you if you got have any, them, buddy. Hey, <laughs> all right. if you give it to me, I might put it on for an hour, buddy. So. Buddy, they're tight pants. Uh, can, can you rock ooh. the tight pants? <laughs> Well, well, we'll maybe keep it discreet. <laughs> <laughs> you can wear them in your sports up, uh, sports center update booth. Yeah, and pull the curtains. Yes, exactly. Good stuff. Good morning, Haffy. Good morning, Toronto. Happy to have you along. Gareth Wheeler with you at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Plenty, and I mean plenty to get to. Dennis Shapovalov is playing at 1 p.m. today. We're going to tell you who he's playing against and why it's significant for some good and a lot of bad, <laughs> a lot of bad reasons. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later on. Uh, we got a couple poll questions coming your way. Uh, the never-ending trade deadline in Major League Baseball, I guess, finally expired last night. You still can actually make moves, but players now move from here on out cannot be eligible for the postseason. So Verlander gets dealt last night. I believe Brandon Phillips, Justin Upton. Players are moving, which begs the question, why when claimed were Jay Happ and Marco Estrada pulled back and kept by the Blue Jays? Like, that's the case, right? Like, if you were a million miles away, which the Blue Jays are from contending, and so far into the wildcard spot that the rest of their season's completely irrelevant, why aren't you trading those guys? Why aren't you getting anything back? It just, it's this organization right now. They're trying to do enough to appease the fan base, I guess, to sell tickets, to get eyeballs, and at the same time, try to stockpile the farm system to, 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 to tell you that they have a brighter future ahead, which may be the case. Wouldn't it have been smart? Like, Marco Estrada is a free agent at the end of the year. What does it matter if he pitches for anyone else? Why is he still a Blue Jay? 
Wouldn't you really take anything? Wouldn't you take a bag of balls right now? Beers at the Rogers Center for Marco Estrada. Done. Because no matter who takes the mound between now and the end of the month, it doesn't matter. That's what's driving me crazy today. It's not that Verlander got traded. Sure, the trade deadline's ridiculous in Major League Baseball. The Blue Jays in the past have taken advantage of it, though, so no harm, no foul. But it's that Marco Estrada is still a Blue Jay today. Really? Jay Happ, like, if Jay Happ didn't pitch for the Blue Jays next year, would everything be lost? Let's be real. Next year, the Blue Jays aren't going to be very good. So... It's a missed opportunity for uh, for the Blue Jays from where I sit to deal more Major League live bodies with any kind of value and just not getting anything in return. You can let me know your thoughts throughout the program at WheelerTSN on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email is live at tsn1050.ca. Yesterday's poll question, the results, controversy. There was controversy around the results, because we asked you yesterday which player will make the biggest impact for his new team in the NHL. A lot of players signed, a lot of players traded. We gave you four choices. Panarin to Columbus, Saad to Chicago, Drouin to Montreal, and we kept off the likes of Bishop, Shattenkirk, and others in favor of Patrick Marlowe, because we're like, we're a Toronto show, we should keep on... Well, keep a Toronto Maple Leafs player on that list. Well, I thought that Marlowe was kind of the throwaway answer because he's going to be 38 this year. Um, I've tempered my expectations, a guy that can play a role for the team, but the biggest impact of any signing or free agent or trade acquisition in the NHL? you got to be kidding me. But Toronto listeners spoke. 39% of respondents believe that Patrick Marlowe is going to have the biggest impact for his new team. I think there's a lot of blue and white glasses being worn. Then it was Drouin at 31%, Panarin 23%, Sod at 7%, and there were some write-in votes as well. Is that really where the expectation is at? Where When it comes to Patrick Marlowe and what he's going to be able to do with this Maple Leafs team? And is that out of whack? Let's bring on someone who knows much more than I, a fellow East Ender. Shout out to Riverdale. It's my good buddy from Post Media, Toronto Sun, NHL Maple Leafs beat writer and columnist, Mr. Lance Hornby at Sun Hornby on Twitter. How's it going, Lance? Long time no chat. Yes, how you how you doing, sir? Doing okay, pal. Yeah, I'm doing uh, doing great. Uh, just coming out to the uh, Leaf uh, summer skates last little while, and uh, you know it's uh, it's. Interesting to see uh, how many come out and uh, how long they commit. Uh, a lot of these guys have been here since uh, early July, really uh, working out. It's ramped up as more of the quote-unquote name players arrive. And, uh, you know, the last uh, last couple of days when you add the likes of a, of a Mitch Marner and Frederick Anderson and, and people like that, you, you know hockey season's just around the corner and uh, shows uh, again that uh, in today's NHL, it's, uh, it's a 12-month season. These guys are ready in training camp still two weeks away. Interesting. So how many guys are out right now, Lance? About uh, usually about twenty guys uh, come out, and wow. they—it's uh, not uh, you know—they they, it's it's informal in that they can't have any uh, leaf assistant coaches uh, there, but they do have a private skills coach, and uh, they play a little uh, shinny, and uh, you know what to to see them, uh, you know, 
especially last year and see the enthusiasm from, uh, you know, just even one playoff round, not even winning it, but uh, the fact that they got excited over a short summer and uh, they've made the additions and, and Marlowe, whom you've uh, mentioned already, has a lot of people uh, excited here, especially when you consider how well the, all the rookies did. Uh, you know, uh, Mitch Marner and uh, a couple of uh, Zaitsev and a couple of the kids who've uh, come out here from the Marlies and the two Swedish rookies are here too, uh, Borgman and Rosen. It's, uh, you know, a different attitude around this camp. Certainly they've come miles uh, in just a couple of years. Well, that's what I was going to say. When you have lots of young players, you know that they're going to be keen. You know they have the youthful exuberance to get out there and start getting on the ice early, right? Like more veteran-laden teams, teams that go deep in the play, Playoffs, you're probably not seeing as much of the of this stuff. No, for sure. And uh, you know, you got to give credit to guys like uh, uh, Andrew Nielsen and uh, Travis Dermott of the Marlies. Uh, they've been uh, frequent uh, visitors uh, here. They've been working out uh, in the gym. Uh, Marner certainly the last few days. Nobody's taking anything uh, for granted. And uh, there are you know heightened expectations, obviously, especially on defense. You know, you've uh, heard all summer long that uh, even though Ron Hainsey is coming, he's going to be a veteran. Uh, influence there there's a couple of jobs open and uh, you, you put in the sort of the x factor with these uh, two swedes coming over and how well uh, the marley's uh, defenseman uh, nielsen and uh, dermot and, and renat valiev to a degree played so well in the uh, in the playoffs uh, you know the marley's are a team that uh, consistently plays into april and may so a lot of their guys are ready it's uh, it's going to be an interesting mix uh, once the puck drops in a couple weeks okay lads so is is patrick marlow on the ice is he here in He's in town, but hasn't uh, no no sightings uh, yet. I assume he'll uh, probably join them at the at the latest uh, early uh, next week. There's a uh, you know he's been skating, I'm sure, in in San Jose, and at uh, 37, uh, I guess 38, will be he'll be in the opening day of uh, training camp. Uh, knows his own body, I guess. Uh, he'll be uh, he'll be raring to go though. They've uh, have a lot of expectations for him. An interesting thing for me is how much people talk him up in the room. Uh, you know what influence he's going to have. Uh, they're looking forward uh, you know to tapping into that vast knowledge. Uh, he has uh, 1,500 uh, or whatever it is uh, points and, um, you know, 19 NHL seasons. There's, uh, there's a lot there for these uh, young kids to soak up. Okay, so I'm not sure if you heard as uh, we were kind of introducing you on air, we did a poll question yesterday. Which NHL player for his new team would have the biggest impact in the league? Patrick Marlowe won that vote, according to our listeners. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I hate being like curmudgeon old man Wheeler over here, but let's just put it this way. My expectations are tempered for a guy that's older than I am. Like, father time <laughs> always wins, right? And at 38 years of age, you don't typically see those older players be true key cogs of winning teams. Yes, they can play a role. Yes, they can be effective to a certain degree, but to expect him to the, the the impact that a lot of people think he'll have, I think it's far-fetched, Lance. Well, you know what? Uh, there were a lot of questions raised when uh, Lou Lamoureux made this signing. You know, were, were they accelerating the Shanna plan, so to speak, uh, too fast beyond its own good? Were they, uh, you know, it's, you know, was, were they getting, as you uh, were mentioning, blue and white colored glasses uh, about this season uh, too early? Were they, you know, thinking too much on last year? Let's remember this time last year, people were wondering if the Maple Leafs were even going to make the playoffs. And now they uh, add a player who could, uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that you add if you're uh, making a run to go uh, deep into May and June. So the Certainly a lot of questions there. I thought Lou Lamorello had the diplomatic uh, answer, though, when he said, uh, you know, yes, he's 37 or 38, but he's the right 37-year-old to bring to this team at this time. Uh, you know, a guy who can uh, uh, not only help on the ice, he's a consistent 20-goal scorer, and uh, he's done all uh, all the things we mentioned in San Jose, but he can he can bring a lot uh, to this team. And, they're, uh, you know, if you play him with, uh, for example, Austin Matthews, uh, you know, the 
Zach Hyman for all his strengths obviously is not a you know is not a 20 goal man at this stage in his career but Marlowe is somebody who could really thrive on that line if they indeed put uh, him Matthews and, and William Elander together so you know and he's going to bring a lot in the dressing room obviously he's a two-time Lady Bing winner he's uh, you know he's probably somebody who's uh, even though he hasn't been exposed to the uh, you know the the attention here in Toronto I think he's going to handle that well so yeah in those factors I think yes he can uh, help uh, you know he's the right 37 year old to bring in at this time but uh, in also it adds heightened expectations and I think if the Leafs do dip a bit and let's face it it's no guarantee they're going to make the playoffs when right. you think that Florida and Tampa Bay are not uh, going to be uh, you know as uh, as mixed up or injury prone as they were last year and other teams are going to come in I think uh, you know there's uh, there's no guarantee Toronto will be in there but certainly this is going to keep them in the mix my buddy Lance Horn uh, Hornby post media Toronto Sun joining us here on TSN 1050 I'm Wheels do you think that Babcock's going to give Marlowe a look on that top line alongside Austin Matthews or will we predominantly see him play alongside Matthews just on power play situations. Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, certainly, I, I think the drop-off in offense from uh, Zach Hyman, who I think deserves to be on the team in some uh, capacity, such a you know, such a you know, a dog on the puck uh, and uh, very uh, diligent checking-wise. I think there's certainly a role for him. Uh, you know, but the, you know, Austin Matthews, uh, you want to keep him happy too. Uh, I, I, you know, he's uh, not going to object to Marlowe being on his line, but he's uh, had had some uh, chemistry with. Uh, with uh, with Hyman, but I think you're going to uh, you know this the senior uh, seniority rules. I think you're certainly going to have uh, Marlowe. I think tried with Matthews uh, at some point. Uh, you know you have Kadri in there as well and different things. You know, but Bozak and Van Riemsdyk have been together for a long time. I just see him starting with uh, Matthews because that uh, on paper at least makes the most sense. Yeah, he likes Hyman though. Like, and, and we keep on going back to Hyman, and he seems like a divisive guy to a certain degree because he doesn't have the finish to complement the creative ability of Matthews, and I get that, but it seems like Mike Babcock just likes the fact that he's more of a grinder, he's um, he's in control, he's up to par in terms of his defensive responsibilities. It seems like he likes that combination, Lance. Well, yeah, you know, and that, uh, let's face it, I mean, there's uh, there's so many uh, great uh, plans for rookies on this team uh, through the years, and a uh, few of them panned out, and then, of course, you had everything uh, going the Leafs' way last year with Nylander, uh, Connor Brown, uh, you know, Zaitsev, and of course, at the top, Matthews, uh, and uh, Matthews and uh, Marner, and uh, he threw Hyman in there, who uh, not only made the team, stuck there, but uh, was on the first line, right. and uh, helped uh, helped his buddy to a, uh, a Calder trophy. So I think if he likes that rookie sort of uh, bonding, uh, he may keep them together, but uh, you know they, they didn't get Marlowe and uh, paying him uh, 19 million over three years to stick him on that last line. I think or, or third line or whatever. I think you're going to see him have a prominent role. But uh, Mike Babcock will be in town, I guess, next couple of weeks, and he's always fond of saying how he's writing down lines on napkins at his uh, picnic table up in the Saskatchewan. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see what he comes up with. Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm just a little bit bullish on Marlowe. Look, the players had a phenomenal career. Oftentimes when you leave one place where you've been in your entire career, go to another, there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. And the fact that they gave him a lot of money, they gave him a three-year term, I just don't like the context considering what else the Maple Leafs need. And, and that's what I'm focused on here. And I firmly believe this team is good enough to be a playoff team again. They're good enough to push on, maybe even improve to a certain degree. But at the same time, Lance, don't they just need to get better on the back end? And they could have maybe used some of their assets that they had and some of the cap space they had to fill that back-end position more appropriately? Or is there a longer-term plan here that I seem to be missing? 
Well, you know, I'll, I'll deal with the first part. That's certainly going to be an adjustment period for uh, Marlowe when he comes here. Uh, you know, uh, 19 years with the same with the same team. Those are like Steve Eiserman type uh, Detroit uh, numbers, and uh, that's yeah. going to be different. And he mentioned his uh, his wife was crying uh, the day he put on his leaf sweater. First of all, because it was a uh, such a shock for her to see him in anything but teal uh, over the years. But you know, you get to a certain point in life, and maybe this uh, you know this is going to be a, a challenge for him at uh, playing with a younger team. Certainly, that uh, the Sharks uh, you know have been in and out with uh, a lot of youth uh, programs, but they're mostly a veteran team. This will be a big challenge for him. Could they have allocated their resources elsewhere? Well, you know, it's uh, hard, defensemen are uh, are hard to find, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, established uh, young veterans. Uh, I think that the game plan for the Leafs, if, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you connect the dots at all these uh, great uh, prospects they're adding, and they have the, the Russian defensemen they're thinking of bringing over next year as well, and the, the two Swedes and a couple of kids in the, uh, in the farm, you know, and uh, add some, uh, you know, some of the uh, the picks that they've added the last couple of years, maybe you package that together for uh, a defenseman uh, down the road. Or and that's not saying that uh, you know guys like Gardner and Riley and uh, some of the and Zaitsev and some of the people that they have now are going to really develop uh, in the next couple of years and, and be that back line that uh, you know could possibly uh, see the team in the Cup final in the next few years. Right. I, I mean, whether it's Lilligren, the sw- two Swedish defensemen that they brought in, Dermot, like there, there's a, there's a number of intriguing assets to say the least within this organization and they're deep on the forward lines as well I just look at heading into this year Lance there seems to be a move that should could or maybe will be made by this team over the course of training camp or the early stages of the season just because of the sheer numbers on the forward lines in comparison to the back end that already made NHL players would you agree with that that there's a deal there to be made for the Maple Leafs in training camp or the early stages of the year. Well, uh, if that deal is made, uh, I guess the other factor you have to consider is, uh, you know, in the next couple of years with the whole entry level contract stuff with, uh, you know, Matthews and, and Marner and the whole idea that, uh, you know, how, how big is this window going to be for the Leafs to uh, maximize what they've uh, shown last season and uh, and turn that into, uh, you know, turn that into something while this, uh, you know, so-called cup window is open for them in the next uh, in the next few years. I think that has to uh, to factor in, uh, you know, defense, uh, defense wins cups. Let's not uh, kid ourselves. And certainly there was, uh, you know, some spots uh you know some some warts on the Leafs game defensively that uh, that uh, came up in the in the Washington series, uh, but I, I don't see them making the big uh, the big move uh, so to speak at least until the trade deadline, and that is a long way away. And uh, you know I, I think you have to see what exactly Marlowe brings to this team and, and and how far the defense has come in one year, and if Mike Babcock can possibly make it any better in the when in the sixty or the sixty five games leading up to uh, to March and the trade deadline. Good stuff, pal. Enjoy the skate today as we build towards training camp. When does training camp open exactly? Uh, well, the rookie uh, tournament, of course, is uh, this coming, uh, well, not this weekend, but next weekend when the uh, some of these kids we talked about will play against Montreal and Ottawa at, right. uh, at RICO. And then uh, September 14th, I believe, are, are medicals, and uh, then they're off to the races. Good stuff, pal. Hopefully you get some downtime before that, and you can cover all of Maple Leafs training camp, courtesy of Mr. Lance Hornby, at Sun Hornby on Twitter, Post Media, and the Toronto Sun. Thanks for this, pal. Hope to see you soon, okay? Thanks, Gareth. You take care of yourself. Lance Hornby joining us here on TSN 1050. Defense wins cups. It's, it's hard to argue with that. And here we are in the slow build. I, I, I still am of the mind that I would be surprised if the Maple Leafs don't make a move. 
Just sheer numbers. And I know you're thinking ahead. I know there's cap implications. I know you want to go short-term. Guys who are efficient. Guys who can help the team improve. Totally appreciate that. But at the same time, something has to give based upon how many forwards are competing for a limited amount of spots. And if you believe, and and I firmly do, that you got to take advantage of the window where these young, very good players are on their entry-level contracts, that you need to strike while the iron's hot. You need to take advantage of the time when you're paying these young players less. Well below market. And getting far more in production. There is a window now with this team. I know it sounds crazy because entering last season, very few people thought this team would be a playoff team. But we've learned a lot about this group. We've learned that the lack of size isn't an issue for Mar- uh, for Mitch Marner. We know what kind of adjustments that Nylander made and the type of talent he is. Not only with the Maple Leafs, but with Sweden as well. Uh, we've realized that Austin Matthews is a special talent, one that was ready from night number one of last season. And it didn't really take much time to grow. Patience wasn't preached. He was protected maybe a little bit off the ice, but on the ice, you let him play. And you saw a jump in the play of guys like Kadri and Gardner, which were huge for this team, and you solidified your goaltending position. Despite some shaky early moments by Freddie Anderson, had a good year. So it, it ticked a lot of boxes. And I think we know a lot more about this team now than we did a year ago. Of course we do. That's a no-brainer. That's being captain obvious. But I think you can do so with confidence. I don't think some of this stuff is like a fleeting moment or something that you're seeing that is temporary or an initial burst that won't be there with any long-term success. There's a lot of positive here. But if you want to strike while the iron's hot now, Marlowe may be part of that equation, but they would be better served improving their back end, in my humble opinion. Let me know your thoughts at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca. Phone lines are always open on this program. Always, people. 416-870-1050, Give Brother Wheeler a call as you head into the long weekend. Let's chat some sports, shall we? I love the guys like Mitch Marner. No word of a lie, my wife and I were Where were we driving? We were driving across downtown uh, by the ACC. Middle of the summer, I think it was around like OVO Fest or... Something like that. Anyways, a lot of the players kind of live in Queens Key and the condos down in that area. And my my wife turns to me. She's like, look at those teenagers there, probably in town for the weekend. I look, and it was Mitch Marner and his jorts. No, no, I didn't recognize the other two guys. But I'm like, ah, that's Mitch Marner. He's probably going to the Argos game later. <laughs> he looked like he was about, he looked like a high school student that was in town visiting his older brother. Seriously. It's crazy. And yet the guy's a magician on the ice, played with no fear, and had an impressive season. Think he could grow facial hair? Can Marnes grow some scruff? No? What do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Two thumbs down behind the glass. Tim Haffey's contemplating white jeans. He's out of this conversation. I'm, I'm going to wear my white jeans this weekend, boys. Maybe I'll wear them in. I'm actually working Labor Day Monday. 
Wheeler, white jeans. What the scary thing is, I'm so pale that when I wear white jeans, it makes it look like I'm not wearing any pants at all. And no one, and I mean no one, wants that visual. What else do we have going on today? Oh, J. Lou's going to join us. Uh, Bruno Caboclo was thrown out. I, this is a problem that I have with international basketball. Like, all of these tournaments go unadvertised. Like, Canada, like, all these countries are playing. I'm like, what tournament is this? Bruno Caboclo is playing? Well, he refused to re-enter a game, was kicked off the Brazilian team. We'll get J. Lou's opinion on that. Our poll question today, there won't be any bias, right, Joe Bieber? Joe Bieber, no bias because we didn't include a Toronto Raptor. Because the Raptor really did, Raptors, other than bringing in C.J. Miles, who's a nice guy to bring in, didn't really bring in that big-name, um, foundational piece that can really change the fortunes of a basketball team, if we're going to be honest. There was a ton of... And I mean a ton of big names who moved in the NBA this summer. Like it was the summer of big deals, big signings. So we put it out there. We did it with the NHL yesterday. Even though the results were flawed, you guys saying that Patrick Marlowe would have the biggest impact. Come on, people. I'm honest with you. You should be honest with me. And more importantly, be honest with yourself. The NBA... Of all the big-name moves, the big-name acquisitions, which player is going to have the biggest impact for his new team this season? So, Scrizzy, Joe Biebs, uh, these are the four options. And we had a lot of guys to choose from. These are the four options. I put Chris Paul. I put Paul George. Chris Paul, Paul George. Follow me. Uh, Jimmy Butler. And I put Kyrie Irving. Did I miss anyone? Like, there's other guys who moved, but are those the big four? Who else do we have? We, obviously, Isaiah Thomas. We had Gordon Hayward, who went to the Celtics. We had Paul Millsap, who went to the Denver Nuggets. We had, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a ton. Anyone else? I, I'm Dwight hearing. Dwight Howard also went to Char- Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. But I think these are the biggest ones. For me, like I like I voted Kyrie Irving only because he's the one player that goes to a new team becomes the face of the franchise. Yeah, but he's not but Isaiah Thomas' stats last year will kind of be replicated. So I don't don't know about the total impact. Are we talking regular season or playoffs? Because it's totally different too. Well, that's up for your interpretation. I think, Jimmy Butler, I think Jimmy Butler will have the biggest impact in the regular season because I think the Timberwolves will actually make the playoffs this year. Which no, would be huge for that franchise. Which would be huge, but I think Kyrie Irving will have the biggest impact in the playoffs because he'll be on the biggest stage in the biggest games. See, well, I'm going to save who I'm going to pick, but I will tell you on Kyrie Irving, I think he'll have the biggest impact over the course of his contract or the course of his time with that new team, but not for this upcoming year. Is that fair? If you follow me, I think I can argue Jimmy Butler that too. Okay, okay, so so you're a big Jimmy Butler guy. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a big Wolves fan because Carl Anthony Towns could be a top five talent in the NBA. Here's here's another question. Should we have included Lonzo Ball? Even oh, God, a, no. Even a Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons didn't play last year for the 76ers. I think LeVar Ball huh? will have a bigger impact than Lonzo. 
Because he'll, no. I think he's going to be an issue. No. I think there's going to be issues around him. I don't no, know. no, you're no. a hater. It's a sideshow, Joe. I am no big baller brand for Joe. We could have, we should have put. He's a good player. We, we renamed you Joe Bieber so we could get some more traction, get some more headlines, get some more attention. We should have included Lonzo Ball in that poll question. Nonetheless, weigh in on that at Wheeler TSN on Twitter at TSN ten fifty radio. Which NBA player is going to have the biggest impact on his new team this season? Or you can come on and defend the Patrick Marlowe response. The tidal wave of responses that are insistent that Patrick Marlowe is going to have the biggest impact in terms of the NHL side of things and new acquisitions. If you got a thought on either of those issues, 416-870-1050. That is 416-870-1050, toll free at 1-855-591-6876. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. So we have J. Lou coming up. We have WTF coming up. We have two tickets to give away. Canada, Jamaica, international friendly uh, coming up on Saturday, tomorrow. Tomorrow night at BMO Field, your ticket also gets you into the CNE ground. So it's like double mint gum, double the fun. Get the CNE and the soccer game. That works. And Denis Shepovalov. Around 1 p.m. today, his third-round match at the U.S. Open. We'll tell you, we'll actually play for you why his opponent today is so significant in some good and some really bad ways. So all that's coming up. Gareth Wheeler with you. Good morning, Toronto. This is TSN 1050. right there. What? Here we go. Little enjoy the silence. I'm going to see Depeche Mode on Sunday. It's kind of the highlight of my weekend ahead. ACC. And I was chatting with Scrizzy before the show. I'm like, dude, what are you up to this weekend? Told him I'm going to see Depeche Mode. He's like, who? What? He had no idea who I was talking about. Sorry, man. Just don't know. Joe Bieber, do you know who Depeche Mode is? Yeah, I do. Okay. Haffy, of course, right? Yeah. One of the big um, new wave bands of the 80s. New wave, electro pop, 80s, early 90s. Dave Gahan, I mean, his story is incredible. He's like almost died four times. Like his heart stopped for two minutes. I think it was back in like 1996. And he said that all he could feel was blackness, like darkness around him. Any guy that moves and parties like he does on stage who has almost died four times, you got to go see him whenever he comes to town, right? Because you never know if that's going to be the last time. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. You know you know that name, Depeche Mode, but I, I, I struggle to name any songs. Well, enjoy the silence, personal <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Just can't get enough. Okay, now it's, this, now, now it's all hitting me. After every TFC win... At BMO Field, they play Just Can't Get Enough. So, Strange Love, 
Never Let Me Down Again. You can go on and on. Like, their songbook is really solid, but it's all like synth pop, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like rock where you got the guitars and the drums. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of synth. Yeah, one of those bands I recognize when I hear them, but I just can't place the song titles. But yeah, and all those titles, they, they resonate, Wills. See, Scrizzy's a young, cool dude. Like, I appreciate Scrizz, even though on Instagram, it's, his handle's at Scrizzbear. Scrizzy Bear. Scrizzy right, Bear, my bad. Uh, I, I totally appreciate that, but the fact that you don't know who Depeche Mode I was is... I born in 87, sorry. But it shocks me. You're a guy that knows his tunes, knows his music... Joe Bieber was like the, born I in ninety five. When we went through the 90. song, list. <laughs> I wish I was born in ninety five. Anyways, like the band formed in the year I was born. Let's put it that way. And I still know who they are and still appreciate them. So we're going to be kicking it uh, at the ACC on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Canada, Jamaica. I'll be there tomorrow night down at BMO Field. Uh, I'll be giving away two tickets to that match a little bit later on in the program. Gareth Wheeler with you, at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Dennis Shapovalov looks the real deal. And at this U.S. Open, uh, the, the table, or the draw as they call it, has really opened up. With a lot of the top seeds either hurt, haven't played in this tournament, or uh, been eliminated early. So things really open up where there's an opportunity for the 18-year-old Canadian, I believe from Thornhill, Richmond Hill? One of the hills. Uh, he's got a chance to do something here. And Casey Curtis, Milos Ranich's old coach, knows a lot. Great guy. Was on uh, Naylor Landsberg this morning. Basically said that Shapovalov has what it takes to be the top player in the world. Is this the clip? You want to play it? I, I just read it in the notes, but we can actually play Casey Curtis. Want to play him? Okay. Here's Casey Curtis from earlier on projecting how good Shapovalov can be. Oh, why not number one? The, the other guys are getting a little bit older and getting, starting to get injured more. And So basically you have to look at this next generation of players and where does Dennis stack up against those guys? Well, it pretty much stacks up even or, or ahead. So it's happened before, and uh, a lot of guys felt that this couldn't happen again with such a young player, but uh, I actually believe that it could, and hopefully that's what's going to happen. Casey Curtis on Naylor and Landsberg this morning. I get a little bit uneasy when I hear that because there's also really good young players, not just Shapovalov coming through. There's a young man named Team. What's his name? Dimitrov. Grigor Dimitrov is good. Like, There's a lot of good young players in men's tennis today, and what I worry about this is you see... A good-looking, blonde, young Canadian tennis player who's doing some pretty good things right now. And the hype will pick up, and the story could very well play out like Jeannie Bouchard's did. And it's probably not just because of Jeannie Bouchard's extracurriculars uh, and her lack of focus sometimes on tennis that has led to her struggles. It's, It's mentally on the court. She just doesn't have the right makeup. She's changed coaches. She's made some poor decisions on and off the court. And it's led to her career really fledgling right now. Maybe not in terms of the money she's making elsewhere off the court, but on the court where it actually matters for sports fans, she's not cutting it. Not not even close. And she's in danger of becoming completely irrelevant when it comes to being an athlete. You know what the next step for someone like Jeannie Bouchard is? It's dancing with the stars. And that's when you know that you're done, you're finished, and you're kind of moving on to other things. Well, Shapovalov has such a bright future. He moves around the court 
I'd say better than Milos Raonic. Doesn't have the power of Milos, but looks to be a pretty complete player. But let's just sit back and not throw out things like he can be the number one player in the world and just sit back and see how he progresses. And anything that he does at this U.S. Open, and remember, he had to qualify for this U.S. Open. Anything that he does at this tournament is gravy, boss. It's gravy. Because it's unexpected, and it's going to be a treat for Canadian tennis fans to track today and hopefully into week two of this tournament. Now, today he takes on a a, a young man named Kyle Edmund of the U.K. And... Edmund and uh, Shapovalov, one and one career against one another. Should be a pretty decent matchup between two young, you know, tennis players with promise. But the thing with Edmund is there's another layer to this matchup. Because the last time that these two players played, it was in the Davis Cup in Ottawa when, oh my God, this is, this is clearly a WTF when this went down. Three errors. Oh my goodness. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh, I think we're at the end here. Oh, that's such a shame. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh. And this is something that you just don't want to see. This is the worst nightmare. It is just the worst possible ending. I'm so sorry. Oh man. Oh. It was one of those moments where, like, did that happen? Shapovala, frustrated, smashes the ball, hits the umpire in the eye, had to have surgery, had a fractured eye socket or eye orbital bone, is that what you call it? Scruzzi, can we play that call again? The, the call cracks me up because the commentator, oh my goodness, oh no. Let's play it again. Three errors. Oh my goodness. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh, I think we're at the end here. Oh, that's such a shame. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, and this is something that you just don't want to see. This is the worst nightmare. It is just the worst possible ending. I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness, it's the worst nightmare. That is hilarious commentary. I still can't believe it happened. It's obviously not good because the umpire got hurt, but what are the odds something like that happening? That's so incredible. It was one of the most incredible things that I've seen. Do you think it's going to be the back of Shapovalov's head today that last time he played Edmund, it was like, whoopsie, uh-oh. Or should I say, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. Oh my goodness. I hope we're saying that for all the right reasons today. Shapovalov, Edmund coming up on Canada Sports Leader TSN at 1 p.m. today. Uh, we'll be back with more. We'll weigh in on the poll question, get back into the Maple Leafs, and which player in the NBA is going to have the biggest impact for this upcoming season with their new team. So all that coming up at Wheeler TSN. The text is 105050. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. Oh my goodness. The voice guy hasn't been listening to this program because we've been talking puck for weeks here on Toronto Today. I said this earlier in the summer. It's weird how some shows avoid talking about hockey. Do you think they stopped talking about football in Dallas in May? 
Of course not. Basketball in Los Angeles or New York in July? No chance. Why do we stop talking hockey in this city? Makes no sense. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter, what's up, Toronto? Gareth Wheeler with you. I love how now we're here. We've turned the calendar September 1st. We've landed on, which means September call-ups in Major League Baseball. I love how it's branded as a time where you call up your young prospects to see what they're made of in the big leagues. The Blue Jays have called up Michael Saunders. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a time for prospects. Is that the same Michael Saunders that was an all-star a year ago? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. It just shows you where this ball club is in right now. It's seeing, getting another glimpse of Captain Canada himself, Michael Saunders. Going to intrigue you. This is going to be a very difficult month of September. And that's why it's interesting to me that the team... Even though Jay Happ and Marco Estrada were claimed over the course of this month, they didn't go out and trade those pitchers. They elected to call them back, keep both guys. Now, the Detroit Tigers have gone in another direction. They ended up trading not only Justin Verlander, but Justin Upton last night. They know where they're at. They know what their future's all about. But this is what's happening with this Blue Jays club. Shapiro and Atkins want to make sure that you... The viewer, the ticket buyer, the consumer have some sort of interest in this team while they're waiting for the next crop, the Guerrero Juniors, the Bichettes, to come through the system and make their mark in the big leagues. The question is, can you do both at once? And the litmus test here is going to be what they do with Donaldson. Are they going to make a baseball decision with Donaldson, which would be trading away the asset and continuing to look forward to the season and try to maximize what you can get back or keeping a veteran guy who'll be in his, who's in his prime now and moving out of his prime when the Blue Jays are inevitably ready to win again. So what are you trying to do here? What is the focus? Is it selling tickets? Is it maintaining interest? Or is it building this program? I have a feeling that the organization's trying to do both. They're trying to do a hybrid, which is a valiant effort, which I understand why they're doing it. But can you, can you do it that way? That's the question. Let me know your thoughts. 416-870-1050 on Twitter. The phone line, let me try that again. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 1050-50. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Can you make sense of the Blue Jays keeping hold of Estrada and Hap at this point? And we'll get into which NBA player will make the biggest impact on their new team. Cast your vote at Wheeler TSN. Share your thoughts. Phone lines are open. Let's do this, Toronto. Heading into a big, long weekend. Wheels with you. TSN 1050.